Here it is another Saturday morning in CCO land when we talk wine, among other things, on Jack Farrell's Wine Chat, Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are things this morning? Well, things are fine. I hope they are with you, too. I think we're going to have summer today. Maybe yes. just today. Going to get up there. We yeah. waited a long time. We did, and we'll wait some more after today. <laughs> but but no what, what, what are we going to be doing today? Discuss something that's very near and dear to my heart, and that's the health effects of wine. You know, wine, uh, being an old pharmaceutical type, uh, as one of the definitions of medicine is continuous use. And by virtue of continuous use, wine is really the oldest medicine known to man. Uh, There's reference to it in Egyptian hieroglyphics that are over 3,000 years old. And so for the last 5,000 years, uh, wine has had medicinal usages, and uh, there can be no question about the health benefits of wine. Naturally, everything in moderation. One of my favorite stories about moderation is, is an old one. It seems that a Phoenician had come to Greece, and he bought wine in and they used to transport cuttings in those days in bones. And he brought the cuttings in the bone of an eagle, a lion, and a burrow. And the story and the message there was, on one bottle, you soar like an eagle. On two bottles, you roar like a lion. And on three bottles, you make an ass out of yourself. And I think that that bone story, eagle, lion, and burrow, is very apropos. You know, it's interesting to me that the usage of wine all through the centuries uh, has been, you know, kind of almost negated. You know, Hannibal, when he crossed the Alps, instructed his soldiers to dilute the local water with wine. And, of course, the wine had the effect of sanitizing the water and was very well met. Patton did the same thing almost 2,000 years later when the troops went up into Italy, uh, as they went up through the boot of Italy, Patton had them mix water with wine to utilize uh, the astringent effects of wine. But anyhow, today even the Mayo Clinic has written papers on wine, and so I don't think there's any question that uh, wine is really very good for you. Look at the uh, history on things like that. Christ's first miracle was turning water into wine. That's a pretty ringing endorsement. And of course, St. Paul's letter to Timothy, where he tells him, drink water no longer, but take a little wine for thy stomach's sake. And, uh, you know, the Middle Ages were full of uh, monasteries, and that was the center of all curing and health, etc. And they used wine very liberally for almost everything. It's kind of interesting that it wasn't until about, oh, maybe 25 years ago that they discovered the antibiotic properties of wine. And uh, that, again, was a paper by the Mayo Clinic. Uh, however, the Galen, the phys- ancient Greek physician, uh, took care of uh, all the gladiators, wounds by washing them in wine to utilize that antibiotic effect uh, of wine. So it, it's been around a long, long time. It's going to stay around for a long, long time. 
it, it's really one of the most wonderful things in life. It, it's interesting to me, while Muslims uh, absolutely prohibit the drinking of wine in your life, when the Koran describes heaven, it describes you being ministered to, by beautiful maidens and given wine to drink. So I'll take my chances and have my wine now. But uh, even with those restrictions, uh, the Islam uh, physicians in the Middle Ages used wine as a disinfectant. And as I said, when we got into the Middle Ages and the monasteries were the center of all knowledge and healing and etc., those monks uh, had to grow wine for their religious purposes, and they used it liberally for uh, medicinal purposes as well. It's kind of funny, I've always thought. Uh, one of my favorite places to visit is Bone, France. In fact, in about four or five weeks, I'll be calling you from there uh, for one of my annual trips. But anyhow, they have a right in the center of Bone is the old medieval hospital, perfectly preserved, uh, just like it was in the 14th century. Uh, they've done a wonderful job of preserving it. And it, it strikes me as funny, they gave each patient, if you had the fever and somebody had the chills, you put them in bed together, it sort of canceled things out. But to make all of that palatable, everyone got a magnum of wine a day. That's two full bottles. That's a lot of wine to have in a day. But that was the general prescription for everybody in the hospital. Uh, I don't know what it cured or helped, but it probably made uh, two in a bed more palatable. I don't know. But anyhow, that goes on today, too. You know, at the height of prohibition in this country, uh, the company that makes Geritol wanted to substitute port because in the United States Pharmacopeia, iron deficiency anemia, which Geritol always for many years touted that they cured, if you look in the pharmacopoeia for the United States, you'll find that port wine is suggested for iron deficiency anemia. And the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms wouldn't let the Geritol people do that. But it just goes to show you a little port wine would be very, very good for you. And, of course, you know, the, the uh, red wine has more... Uh, Revisorol and antioxidants than white wine does, so it's a little better for you than red wine is. Uh, but they're both very good for you. They're, you know, wine is known to rage, rage, raise HDL, and that's the good uh, uh, cholesterol you have in your body. The LDL is uh, the bad one, and it prevents high levels of LDL. So it, it actually has been proven that wine improves the functions of cells in the blood vessel to strengthen them. So it, it's there's no question about wine and the health benefits, particularly for the heart. Uh, the evidence is almost overwhelming. But like any of these things, you know, you have to take into consideration that it should be done in moderation. What they recommend for a woman is one five-ounce glass a day, and for men, two five-ounce glasses of wine a day. And that's probably as it should be. But the people who uh, administer those things, you're not supposed to take up drinking wine if you're 
in your late age and you've never drunk wine and you're going to take it for medicinal purposes, I'm not espousing that, believe me. But, uh, you know, another great thing that came along on wine that really helped the wine business in this country was the French Paradox. It was in the early 70s and was on 60 Minutes, and they discovered that uh, the French drank so much wine and ate so many fatty foods and seemed to have a very low incidence of heart uh, problems. And then they came up with this paradox that it was due to the amount of wine they drank. Well, you don't have to even have a study like that one was, and that was a very comprehensive study. Tens of thousands of people were involved in it. Uh, and 60 Minutes, as I say, publicized it, and red wine just took off in the mid-'70s and really hasn't come down yet. Uh, more and more people drinking wine because they find it's a wonderful benefit uh, to have with food. It just makes food taste that much better. It sharpens your taste buds, etc. But as I said, you don't have to look as far as that French paradox. Uh, all you have to look at in uh, is Italy. In Italy, they have the largest per capita consumption of wine in the world. It's leaders. Uh, um, in fact, there's so many liters that actually is a couple gallons almost of wine per capita in Italy, and they have the lowest incidence of heart problems in all of Western Europe. So th that says something uh, for wine's benefits, I think, particularly in the cardiovascular system. Uh, wine also, you know, has wonderful other applications, psychological, social, the chemical composition of wine, a lot of people are allergic to sulfites and histamines. Histamines and sulfites can both be dissipated in wine by aeration, and you can do that by decanting, or you can do it by pouring it into uh, one container to another container, and that aeration will dissipate the histamine and lower the sulfides. And almost all wines have sulfides in them uh, because that's a, a byproduct of the fermentation, and it's also used all over the world uh, to sanitize wine equipment, sulfur dioxide. And so, you know, I'm not espousing that you run out and uh, get a prescription flask full of wine and take it regularly, but I am espousing the fact that uh, wine as a medicine has been around and in use for a long, long time. It's uh, one of the great gifts of the gods. As one of the popes once said about wine, they said, should wine be banned? He said, why should wine be banned? If, if God didn't want you to drink it, he wouldn't made it taste so good. So that's one endorsement there uh, from that particular pope who was, I don't even know what his name was, but he was pope during the American uh, Prohibition, and that's when he was asked that question. But I think you get the idea. Wine certainly has a lot of medicinal benefits, not just cardiovascular, but others too. <laughs> and, you know, it's very comforting, I think, when you're having a glass of wine, to think, well, you might be doing yourself, you're enjoying the wine, and you just might be doing yourself some really good things 
medically because wine is indeed, as I started this out, by continuous use, the oldest medicine known to man. And I tell you what, you stop by any Haskell's locations, they're going to find you something you're really going to love. Explore and try it, uh, just like Jack always suggests, at any Haskell's location. Indeed, Denny, you're absolutely right. You don't need a prescription to come into Haskell's. We have all the wines you could possibly imagine. And, you know, the folks at Haskell's love to marry wine with appropriate foods. So they'll help you pick a wine to go with whatever dish you're planning, and they'll pick a wine that won't break the bank. There's hundreds and hundreds, thousands actually, to choose from. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine because our spring sale is still ongoing, and all the stores are open Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. Fairbolt, right off at 35, our super seller in Maple Grove is not to be missed. In downtown Minneapolis, we have free parking on Saturdays and Sundays. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come in, go to Haskell's.com, because Haskell's are indeed the wine people. And don't forget, we do deliver. Have a great week, Jack, and let's talk again next Saturday. Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Hack.